Shafee. Shafee, are you there? Hate him you so need much. Night has fallen once again over the hill country surrounding Austin, Texas. The sunset has turned blue to red to total darkness. The birds have vacated Bill the Landlord's bird feeder, and I am once again behind my mic inside my ivy-covered castle here on the east side. Reaching out over the airwaves to my friend in North Austin. He's the proverbial man inside two garages. He's the pride of Topanga, California. His name's Matthew Rampy, and he's right here. Podcast time. We're gonna celebrate. Oh, yeah, that's all right. Don't stop the casting. Podcast time, we're gonna celebrate. Casting got me feeling so free. Celebrate and talk so free. Podcast time. R.I.P. Daft Punk. Yes, indeed. Sad day in electronic music history. Do you have any personal recollection of Daft Punk? <laughs> I, I do Shafee. already knowing the answer I do Shafee. I <clears throat> I hate to start the show with a downer but I would like to eulogize Daft Punk in my life for just a second here do you have a second are you busy is this I episode 74 okay well if you've got time Happy, Maybe ep- the happy, happy episode 74, everyone. Thank you. Happy episode 74 to you and the hunter-gatherers. It's great to be here with you. That As that number keeps increasing, I keep thinking, wow, 74. That, that is a big number, and it happened quickly. People didn't think that we were going to take it this far. I can see the, I can see the shock and awe in, in, the, in the eyes of our friends and family. <laughs> Don't forget the disappointment. <laughs> and the disappointment. The the <laughs> subtle, subtle disappointment. And the not That's so a joke. subtle. That's a joke, of course. They're, all of our family is very supportive of us. I think everybody's pretty stoked. Yeah. I mean, I say everybody. I mean, that's, you know, it's a euphemism. I'll tell you, tell you who's stoked. Manish is stoked. Brian Benitez is stoked. Alex Battles is stoked. Ellen Ferguson is stoked. Uh, by the way, forward promotion to a brand new, brand new segment on our show. We're going to call it the Ferguson Files, and we're just going to talk about the weird stuff that Ellen Ferguson emails us from her, from her, uh, from her farmhouse in deepest, in deepest Maryland, in the in the in the rolling rolling farmland of Central Maryland. That's the Ferguson Files beat. Sweet. Oh, she's going to be beside herself. It's kind of mellow, you know? 
like the rolling farmland of Maryland, right? I like it. I was saying that was funny when we were talking to to Lindsay, and I was like, "What's Maryland like?" <laughs> <laughs> I really am curious. That's that's nowhere I've ever been. I'd like to go there someday. You know, it. I would say it reminds me a lot of the area around Brenham, Texas. Oh, geographically. Okay. Oh, are you trying to sell it? Are you selling it hard? Rural, rural Maryland, that is. Right. Um, Brenham's nice. It's really interesting. And of course, uh, lots of crab from Chesapeake Bay. Oh, love crab. You like crab, Shafee? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, some of that Maryland crab boil. Mmm. Mmm. In fact, you can get Utz chips with the Mar Maryland crab boil on them. That's a good chip right there, okay, my friend. Okay, okay, yes. That yes, is I a know mighty Utz. fine chip. Now you're talking. Oh, that sounds delightful. Okay, stop it. Um, <laughs> I feel like we've got some good stuff to talk about on the podcast tonight. And I know that the hunter-gatherers want us to get right to it. Yeah. But first, no more, no more futzing around. Matthew wait, Chisholm. but first, before we get to it, uh, I do want to just talk a second about Daft Punk. Did did you know that I like electronica music? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I like it when you affect the German accent when you talk about electronica music. Let me tell you that much. Well, the Germans had a lot of input right there in the beginning, Kraftwerk and and whatnot. I. Uh, I found I was at my when I was at my grandparents' house. My you found a Kraftwerk aunt, album. Uh, my youngest aunt Stephanie had she had kind of uh, she had moved back in before she got married. She was teaching down in South Texas, and she had moved back in with my grandparents. And so, one of the guest rooms was also kind of her old room, and I found an abandoned rack of tapes in there that were obviously ones that she just. She really didn't feel like she needed to. Uh, she needed to keep with her, and one of them was Kraftwerk's Greatest Hits, and that one I definitely uh, I decided that I needed that one to stay with me. Yes, and uh, made a big impression on me at about age fourteen. Yes. Um. So thank you for that. I only sort of know Kraftwerk as like a concept. Like I'm not. You know, I don't think I'm super familiar with their tracks, but but a band that I'm super familiar with their tracks was was Daft Punk. I I sort of um, you know I gravitated to hip hop. I was listening to hip hop and rap music, and I in <clears throat> my sophomore year at UT, <clears throat> where's that cough button? Um, I'm all choked up. My sophomore year at UT, I lived in a co-op the Pearl Street Co-op, and there were a bunch of international students there, and of course we've chronicled my, my Russian friends, but met this Englishman, Marcus, and, and he was really into the dance music, EDM, I guess you call it now, although nobody called it that then. Uh, it was just called house music, you know, then. Um, and he really, really, like, I, I sort of had, like, dance music I, I didn't understand it, and he really opened my eyes to it. And I remember we would go to Alien Records 
are you familiar with Alien Records? That was like a like a you I know, remember a deep it, yeah. track record shop you could go to here. But um, I so I was just moving into a space where I was really into that scene and and Daft Punk's first album, Homework, came out in uh, January January seventeenth of nineteen ninety seven. As I, first thing. Maybe we should start from the beginning for those who don't know what Daft Punk are. Daft Punk is a an electronic duo. Uh, they are two Frenchmen, um, Thomas Bangalter and Guy Manuel de Cristal. And uh, they met in uh, secondary school and became friends. And they had kind of a rock band at first, but then somebody described one of their rock tunes as daft and punky and then they started making electronica music and um they uh sort of it's it's weird because not like as a electronica fan they didn't like define the genre but they definitely like brought the genre to the mainstream you know for for a lot of people so 97 that first their first album came out i, I was thinking today how i have had like really sort of transcendent experiences with each one of their records like each one of their records came out at a time in my life that was like it was so special and and it was always at like a there was like a pivotal point in my life and so 97 was the year that uh i had been to england the previous summer to see this friend marcus and then i was the next summer i was going to go to russia but i was stopping in england on the way back and that album had come out and <clears throat> all over dance clubs you would hear uh around the world you know around the world <laughs> around the world and here i was a kid from lubbock texas going around the world like it was really it was really just a dream come true for me to make those travels and be with with people that are from those places and they were showing me like i wasn't even really touristing like i was i was like ensconced in those places and the those tracks from that album i feel like i i was looking at the discography earlier um i i i think as i as i mentioned I, I, my notes weren't complete as i mentioned things here let me just pull that up so there was that time and Th those were, of course, you know, college formative times. Their second album was Discovery, and it came out on the twelfth of March in two thousand and one. And that was when I was in San Francisco, and I w and I was dancing in clubs and just having a good time to dance music already. And then Daft Punk puts out a new album, and I I remember just being totally like taken there every time especially by that song that I parodied uh, at the first, One More Time. Have you ever seen the the video for One More Time? No, I don't think I have. Well, it's kind of in this anime style, and it's this party with these blue humanoids, right? And there's this band playing on stage. Music got me feeling so free. I want to celebrate. And it's like the best time, but they're like on a space station. And... It, it's it's almost as like a concert video with these blue aliens but then towards the end 
you see this like control room and the room guys in the control room are enjoying the tunes too and they don't notice on the radar it comes in this like evil ship right and out oh of the, you know what I'm out to... of the evil ship comes these figures that are like the man the police coming to shut down the rave of the century and it, it, it ends in this like really this. really ominous way but i in this deep dive today, uh, I'm looking at the discography, and this is featuring a DJ called Romanthony. And it's funny because Romanthony lived in Austin, Texas. He he died at his home in Austin, Texas on May 7, 2013. He was wow. 45 years old. Yeah. Um, I thought that was interesting that I didn't know that. And that there was this Austin connection to this song that I have such a strong connection to. But I mean, that record, Discovery. Also, it's like the place I was at in my life. Like when I was in college, this album called Homework came out. And then after college and I had gone on this to live in California, Discovery came out. Um, I don't know, man. It's like Daft Punk has sort of like always been with me. Yeah. And so then, you know, I think it's, is it well chronicled or maybe yet to be chronicled that uh, I partied out of the Bay and left the Bay Area and, um, you know, I came back to Austin and it, and it took a while for me to kind of get back into my body. And on the week that I met, well, actually not on the week that I met because my wife and I were neighbors at an apartment complex in South Austin for like a year and had had some, you know, cordial, like, hi, I'm your neighbor. Hey, how's it going? Or whatever kind of interactions. But the week in which we like made a connection and then ended up going on a date, 3, 15, 2005, it was spring break. It was, it was South by Southwest of 2005. Um, human after all came out. Um, robot rock like a robot rock as i was coming back into my body um and then years passed <clears throat> many years passed eight years passed and i married that girl and we had a young child and then there was this album random access memories which is their last studio album <clears throat> 5 17 2013 and i i had another like experience with that album where it was like remembering who I was and who I am. And it was called Random Access Memories. And then just so many times with those songs, it would, you know, Shafee, when you're listening to music and it gives you goosebumps, you know, like it just almost pulls yeah. you out of your body. Like I've had so many spiritual times. And I got to say, Alex sent us that YouTube of the Coachella 2006 set. And as I was listening to that today, making some preparations for the podcast, I was, I got up and I was kind of, I was dancing and I had another just like spiritual experience. I mean, <clears throat> also well chronicled here. I've been going through some crazy times and I, ha I feel, I have felt sad about what we had been talking about with the job, the, you know, the job thing and all that. And then I just had such a great day, like just seeing some friends and making some connections and um i've had another like spiritual experience just listening to daft punk and 
I don't know. I love those guys, and I guess I thought they were robot. I love the robot mystique. <laughs> like yeah. that Martinique mystique, like mystiques and mistakers, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and you got a mystical <laughs> little robot right next to you there. I know. I guess that just like... I guess I felt like that since they were robots that they would just always be there, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean the band broke up, bands break up all the time. They can get back together whenever they want. Okay, so you know. so let me tell you about the film epilogue. It 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 is a it's a final thing like they they're they're in their robot personas and they're traveling out across this desert and just walking and um Gee is walking in front of Thomas. Gold is walking in front of Silver. And then Gold keeps going and Silver seems to like, I don't know, run out of batteries or something. And then Gold turns back to Silver and walks back towards him. This is all shot beautifully. Don't, just because I describe it so wonderfully doesn't mean that you shouldn't go look it up. Epilogue, Daft Punk, it's there. It's their saying goodbye and letting the world know that they're done. It has a finality to it is what I'm saying. Um, gold S silver takes off his jacket and drops his jacket and turns around and he's got a self-destruct uh, button on the back or two buttons that have to be pushed at the same time sort of thing and gold presses the buttons and and then there's this amazing shot where it pulls back and there you see him from very far away and and there's a countdown sequence of 59 seconds and and silver walks away from gold and just the way it's shot on this flat plane of this desert is amazing and then he just self-destructs and then says that's pretty cool that he like blows up um he's just he's just a robot you know so it's not sad and then and then gold walks on towards what looks like the sunset at first but then as it goes it then it it's like they filmed it and to look like the sunset but then it was coming back up like it's a sunrise and then <clears throat> then they show this great graphic where it's their two robot hands forming a triangle and it just says Daft Punk 20 uh, 1993 to 2021 it's really cool it's it, spoilers sorry <clears throat> <laughs> don't it always seem to go that the robots self destruct when they're old uh yeah now yeah so I, I just it just occurred to me that I was sitting here thinking of you describing that epilogue. I hope that they didn't do this because one of them is terminally ill or something. Oh, I certainly hope not um, either. That, but yeah, Amy was. But I guess there could be. That's funny because Amy was asking like, "What's the significance of that? And does that mean something?" And I, you know, yeah, there's there's lots of reasons why you could break up. I mean, hopefully, they just need a little break, and maybe we'll see. Uh, or we'll see music of a different kind or collaborations with other artists or who knows. I, I, um, but I, if they just left us this body of work that they've, that they've had so far, I'd say that that's a very successful, uh, band, you know, for, for good studio albums is, uh, is a fine run. And, uh, very successful. yeah, like you said, make it made a, made a big impression on a lot of us. Uh, we were Matthew Roy and I were, uh, reminiscing about uh, going to the Kitchen Club in Lubbock, Texas, and dancing to 
around the world and early Daft Punk there back in the 90s. Where where was the Kitchen Club? Lots of fun. Uh, it was on... For all you people who've never been to Lubbock, let's discuss. <laughs> what was... What was the uh, street kind of parallel but north of university? Um, sorry. A Avenue no. Q? I'm not talking about university. It's It was perpendicular to university. North of... What was the street where Bash Rip Rocks was? I think the Kitchen Club was on that street. Broadway? I don't know. Anyway. I'm sorry. Uh, really fun. Let me not derail the conversation with that. <laughs> a really fun place uh, where we uh, we did some, did some dancing and did some other all kinds of fun stuff. Well, I'm sorry to, to be so emotive about Daft Punk, but... I, I had a weird day yesterday and then I watched that and it felt like the end of an era and <laughs> um, maybe it's the end of an era, you know, it's a new era. I, I it didn't interpret the thing as, you know, terminal disease. I thought it was like, um, I thought Thomas was just done with the music industry and maybe Guy Manuel is going to continue. That's that's why only one robot self-destructed. There you have it. Now, a lot of you know more about Daft Punk than you care to. So you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. What's next, Shafee? Save me. Main Street Saloon. Sorry, I'm still... What, we had a, oh, we had a bonus parody tonight. It was, it was yes, Johnny Mitchell. Snuck yep. right in there. You're welcome. <laughs> you were just inspired, right? Right then. Yeah. There? As I was sorry, I was, as I was talking about it, I as I was writing about it, I was thinking. I was just thinking. I was on a web. Go ahead. <laughs> I was on the ninety-four point five FMX uh, Lubbock Lubbock Rock Radio Station website uh, on a page there that was describing old rock clubs in Lubbock but uh, the kitchen club wasn't on there so never mind there you uh, have yeah it. I was not I'm not familiar with the kitchen club is why I asked um no I was I was asking you to save me from boring the listeners oh yeah with, yeah. My, lo with my love of a band that are robots Oh, here's the Kitchen Club's MySpace page. Sorry, I'm still on. I'm, uh, I'm into this. Yeah, it was a black building. Uh, here's a picture of it. I feel like it was just down the street, just a little further east of, uh, of Bash Rick Rocks. I'm... I'm drawing a, I mean, I remember the, that's on Broadway. My posse's on Broadway. Okay. Isn't it? What's the, what's the street where, uni, where University Records was now? It's now Crickets. Broadway. 
Oh, okay. So there's another street uh, north of that, parallel to okay. that. Maybe it's Main Maybe Street. Maybe so. I, I, dude, it has been. I have not. I have not been to <laughs> Lubbock in so long. <laughs> this is not fun oh. for anyone, as you said. What? Uh, what's next? This on the is show you sheet, saving me. <laughs> Tell me more about hashtag smoothcasting. <laughs> You have no idea. Oh, don't read. Don't read the show sheet. I have no. <laughs> You're supposed to populate the show sheet. You have you I have was, an Apple you know... News item here if you want to skip smooth casting. <laughs> but I think everybody needs to hear about smooth casting. I think I was just. I think I was reflecting on how smooth we were getting podcasting. Oh, then, oh weren't we you? Were, I was. I was going to. <laughs> I was going to suggest that we have gone beyond podcasting and now we're not we're not podcasting anymore. We're smooth casters and this is our smooth cast. What a time to bring that up. <laughs> I have blood. So right that. after I bored everyone with my personal <laughs> reminiscence. I don't think anybody really turns to this show for my personal reminiscence. They tolerate it, you know what I mean? <laughs> then you want to talk about how smooth we've become? <laughs> smooth smooth caster raider okay okay i i enjoyed our our conversation about sade now that you you mentioned that i i'm shocked that jameson said that he had never heard that name and i mean i guess i she looms large in my mind there is this there's this piece of film of her at i think it was farm aid the Farm Aid concert? Do you remember that? Or Live Aid? It was Live Aid. It was Aid for Africa. In the mm. 80s, folks, musicians would get together and make a bunch of money for a charity. That, But that's when there was a music business and musicians were actually making money for themselves. So. Long time gone. Tell me more about the 80s, old man. <laughs> My son has the, the funniest... Uh, impression of my of me laughing and i was listening to a recent podcast and i could hear me laughing on it <laughs> and i was thought boy he's got me he's he's it's a really good impression and like any good impression it's not exactly like the thing but it it points to the unique qualities of the thing in a way that it's like a caricature of the thing you know like he's he's got me. It's the it's also it's like that deputy dog. Like, <laughs> <clears throat> it's a very long. It's a very long. Yeah, you can hear that sometimes on the on the recording, right? Just my lungs wheezing. It's great. Um, so, you, do you, were you pulling up this Apple News? Um, I will. Shafi, are you re are you ready to podcast in three? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's going to be a Shafi. new era. Oh. A new holes. era of black holes is here. I'd like to welcome scientific correspondent Schaefer Hall. Black holes. When the first black hole collision was detected in 2015, it was a watershed moment in the history of astronomy. Using gravitational waves, astronomers were observing the universe in an entirely new way. 
but this first event didn't revolutionize our understanding of black holes, nor could it. The collision would be first of many astronomers knew, and only with that answers come. So these black hole binary mergers keep happening. Uh, two black holes spiraling inward toward each other and colliding, and it has quadrupled the amount of information that we've been uh, been able to study. That's like the podcast. On, <laughs> uh, on just so uh, astrophysicists just have this pile, these piles of information and uh and the the numbers are huge so you know uh it's a matter of you know computational uh bandwidth you know being high enough to handle all this stuff and everything's kind of just coming together right now um and this this is how we you know are able to kind of get a look at how the universe was born so this is kind of you know we're just slowly trying to trying to uh basically like just watch the after effects of these things and then figure out and you know thus figure out where we all and all of this everything came from so so yeah super exciting um do you have that ai poetry queued up i feel like i, don't. I feel like I that could really dovetail with that story I haven't been able to, uh, so I, you know, I'm, I'm sort of realizing that I, this is a, this is a huge article in the Atlantic and I'm sort of realizing that I can't, you can't summarize can't it here and read it to all yeah. of you. So I'm going to, I'm going to put it on the Facebook page, uh, along with the, that Daft Punk video you were mentioning before, which I, I put that up while you're talking one about. more time. So, so brilliant, man. One more time. <clears throat> and I think. If you were to play Daft Punk while reading this article about black holes, now you've now you've got an afternoon, my friend. Now we're having some fun here. Yeah, yeah, I could add some elements to that, but um... <laughs> <laughs> don't stop there. Uh, Turn it into a whole life. Yeah, you and, you have and, a and wear and wear an astronaut's helmet while you do it. I mean, if you have one, clean. If you have a clean yeah. one, um, you have, I'm interested in, you have a real, um, fascination with like the singularity and, and science and, and, and where we're going here. I, you, you keep coming, you keep coming back to it. And I think that's great. But... I want someone to do a good job of explaining to me the universe. And so far. No one's quite done it. I I did read. Uh, you don't think that Neil deGrasse Tyson is I, doing it? He, Remember he when does, I turned it into a Cosmos episode recently? He does a pretty good job. Uh, it's pretty good. Course, it's a little scattered. Stephen Hawking. You know, I, I as a young man, I read A Brief History of Time, and that was really cool. I'm not sure how much of it stuck, but it was it was well written and it was very accessible, but. I mean, kind of. This maybe that's something, but I really like to just take <laughs> take this information, even if I don't really understand it, and kind of patch it together in my own kind of imaginary universe. <laughs> so, so that's uh, I think that's kind of what I do. <laughs> well, I think that's valid. It's fun. <laughs> it's, yeah. 
I think it's probably adding to the mystique and the mistakers of the podcast. Where black holes crash like pool balls on a, on the green felt of the universe. So, I wanted to just follow up with something. Okay. Thank you for that, that toe dip into that black hole or a particle. <laughs> I, I look forward to. I had no idea what that article was when I clicked on it because, you know, there's, no, there's nothing indicating in the link. <laughs> I was like, man, I don't remember what this is at all. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, in the future, you could go ahead and just make a note. Right there. <laughs> I was really excited about a week and a half ago. <laughs> yeah, it's tough to bring it up a week and a half later. I kind of, with the podcast, I really have to be, like, excited about the thing day of. So it's kind of hard. Um, speaking of something I'm excited about, the Falklands War. Yes. I mean... I, I was a, in name only, I was a veteran of the Falklands War. So Schaefer and I <laughs> romanticize uh, stuff we don't know about. And uh, we've decided to stop doing that and to really what's happening here is that by being vulnerable and by admitting that we don't know shit about shit, we end up learning something and uh we were joking about me being a veteran a veteran of the falklands war um and so i i did a also a toe dip into <laughs> what was going on there um it was happened in 1982 it was only a 74 day thing what ha what had happened was the Argentinians uh, decided, quite rightly, I'm sure, that these islands right off the coast of Argentina, the Falklands, belong to them. Now, this deal this deals with a topic that, of course, I love: British Empire. <laughs> this this is for our Indian friends. <laughs> um, the British had, you know in a friendly kind of colonial way decided that the Falklands were a crown colony back in 1841. And I, the Argentinians, Argentina was not too happy about that. And in 1982, they decided to do something about it. And they, they invaded the Falklands and surprise, not surprisingly, the British were unhappy with that. So on the 2nd of April, Argentina invaded and occupied the Falklands, followed by an invasion of South Georgia the next day. That's South Georgia Island, which is another island nearby. Uh, on the 5th of April, the British government dispatched a naval task force to engage the Argentine Navy and Air Force um, and before making an amphibious assault on the islands. Um, yeah, it's just the legacy of colonialism spilling over into the 80s, right? And I think I probably, unfortunately, it went in favor of British sovereignty, you know? And as much as I enjoy England and all of its gentility, you know, I 
the legacy of colonialism is so ugly and um who am who am i to talk here imperialist american bastard you know what i mean um sure <laughs> but uh the the war had a, a um a strong effect in both countries actually um it's the subject of of cultural things books articles films and songs and uh, it helped rally a sort of patriotic sentiment in Argentina and the unfavorable outcome prompted large protests against the ruling military government, which sort of hastened its downfall and the democratization of the country. So that was good. But in the UK, uh, the conservative government bolstered by the success of the outcome was reelected and with an increased majority the following year. And so, in a way, the political con the political effect was bigger in Argentina, but I don't know that that conservative government, Margaret Thatcher and Thatcherism and all that. We know kind of what how problematic that was, sort of tandem with Reagan. So um, you know, it was like a little thing, but it kind of had. It's funny how how little things. It's like a like the butterfly effect, like the Mandela effect you know, has ripples. Um, like, like me casually mentioning the Falkland war. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Last week. Exactly. It started as a ripple, turned into a wave. And now we have a veritable tsunami of information. People wonder how we create content <laughs> for this thing. We just ride the waves, bruh. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, the history of the Falkland lore uh, brutalized my attention deficit disorder. <laughs> oh, did it? Did it? Did you it was not, Did you zone out? Not saying anything for you. It was just a you 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 just you relayed the information as well as you possibly could have, but uh, I, maybe I was... maybe I hit a little few too many like details. Maybe I should go I, uh... with fewer details. I should sum it up better next time. I'm, My brain does not. I'm trying to make one magical hour here, friends. No, this is, I think that when you, this is from this is from the guy who we just read the first paragraph of an Atlantic article on black holes that he had forgotten. I think when you listen back and you're walking or driving or doing the dishes or whatever you do when you listen to podcasts, it'll sink in. Yeah, you know? I, I'm yeah, I'm the same. When true. we interview people. People will be talking about interesting stuff, and I'm like, I'm thinking about like, like the road. I'm like, what's the beat? When's the beat coming? What, what is it? Uh, you know. Yeah. So, but then I listen back, and I'm like, oh, that was interesting. Gabby is a mystic. Um, I'm like she's a real mystic. Holy schmoly. Uh, we need to get Gabby back on the show soon. I know she's super fun. I know I miss her. What? Well, uh, can we get a beat for a new segment? Oh yeah. Yeah, have should I do? I have you ever noticed that I ever do only one beat each show? Like I could, I could do more than one beat. Maybe not tonight though. Here, like here, we'll, let's change it up a bit. And what's and <laughs> in our day-to-day -day lives? We find ourselves looking to periodicals 
newspapers, the internet, in search of information. Sometimes that information is confusing. Sometimes the information is downright frightening. Our correspondent from the other side brings us The Ferguson Files. Thank you very much for Ellen Ferguson for getting us, uh, getting out with us with some of the uh, more unusual, uh, the more unusual side of internet news. Wait, is this the Ferguson and Files? This is the Ferguson Wait, Files. Wait, but at yeah. the first of the show, you said that we were going to do the Ferguson Files next time, right? Oh uh, no, I said I was forward. Oh, 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 later, oh, later in, the in the show. Okay, shit, I'm, yeah. I'm stoked. I'm sorry. Here we are. One of the one of the articles forward uh, forwarded to us from Ellen Ferguson that I found very delightful was a brief listing of unusual euphemisms for uh, the act of the act of amorous Congress uh, from the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> oh, do tell. Uh, do you know what it means to be bread and butter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, but I bet I've done it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it refers to uh, one person being on top of the other, like bread, like butter on bread. As in, rumor has it he found her bread and butter fashion with the neighbor. Oh well, that's that's uh, not that's not sexy. <laughs> you ever? Uh, do you ever? Did you and Amy open a basket making shop? Um, not in front of her folks or anything. <laughs> it refers to a method of making children's stockings. What? Uh, in which the heel is called basket making. So if you're if you open a basket making shop, that means you're you're having kids. Oh, okay, man. The... Which I know for a fact that you did. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I have proof, sir. Yep, that's hard to. Uh, you ever have a brush? A br a brush is a brief brief fling. Uh, okay, sure. which which you've never had, sir. Yeah. Oh well, not since I've been sure. married. Because you're a good quality, yeah. good quality fellow. Right. Well, I've had a brush with podcasting. Click it, or ticket. Click it. They left together, so they're probably at Clickit. This was originally used only for foxes, but became less specific as more and more phrases for doing it were needed. <laughs> because do One they actually do, wait? Do they actually make a clicking sound, foxes or something? I I don't know. I don't what know. What does why. the fox say? One definition from One definition from the eighteen eleven dictionary of vulgar tongue maintains that the term's original outdoorsy nature maintains the term's original outdoorsy nature. The man and woman are copulating in the ditch. <laughs> oh, that's more specific for sure. So, yeah. Click It, yeah, Click It has some very specific... Uh, face making is just making children because babies have faces. <laughs> that's... That's an interesting hmm. one. That's not what that sounds like. That's more like the O face. You're face making. Oh. <laughs> Is this as uh, sexual as our show has ever been? I'm yeah. sure it has. I'm sure yeah. it I'm sure okay. it is. Go on. Don't stop now. <laughs> Do you know what ground sills are? 
It's a carpet. Is that on Caddyshack? Ground sills are foundation timbers. So if you blow the ground sills, you're uh, you're uh, giving the floor a beating. Um, there's one here, and it doesn't give any definition or usage. It's, it just says blanket hornpipe. <laughs> Do you know? There, we're, we're just left with our imagination on that one? Blanket hornpipe. Like I'm just supposed to... I'm just supposed to figure out what that's about <laughs> by the way it sounds? <laughs> All right, Shifty, this is like Sniglets, reverse Sniglets, right? What do you think blanket hornpipe yeah. is? Uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe if it's cold weather Congress, maybe, you know, you've, you've got the blankets over you, so it kind of looks like a, kind of looks like a, kind of makes a cone shape. Mm. And then there's sounds coming out of that cone shape. Okay. <laughs> you yeah, following me here? Sure. To make that blanket horn pipe. Okay. I like that. I, but I don't know. That's that's the best. I, I think can it's do with when it. you're at a music festival and you're with your your loved one, and you you're in a crowd, but you just have to do it, and so you blanket hornpipe it. <laughs> you don't you don't think that it's a literal horn? Should we pipe? edit this part out before we publish the show? <laughs> we do have an explicit rating, just so you know. I know, but. We're generally pretty PG thirteen, and I, I've I've said the S word a couple of times. I'm over here telling my kids not to use certain words, and then I'm like publishing. I'm saying them and publishing them on the internet. I don't know. So what are we doing? There's also like I, we tell kids a bunch of lies. That's a teachable moment, right? You know, you can tell them that there are certain times when you can say those words, and certain times you can't. And that's you know because because you know they're gonna end up saying them anyway. Well, and it's it's good it's good to be aware of in what society and in what manner you can say them. Yeah, Griffin heard Mama say one of them, and so now he thinks it's all right. Say <laughs> 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 so love you. Give me more blanket. I'll blanket hornpipe you if you're not careful. Take a flyer. <laughs> I, that, first uh, thing I want to say <laughs> that so many of these are like very euphemistic. Like if you like if you <laughs> yeah. if you weren't thinking about it, you wouldn't think that they were salacious at all. <laughs> uh, apparently, flyers were, were were another word for shoes. So this is this is to have a quickie basically with your shoes still on. Okay, okay. Me likey. A green gown. You, if you, uh, oh, you're, the train. I guess, you know, it's if it's al fresco. If you're, if you're, uh, in the engaging in the activities outdoors, then specifically on the grass, then you could end up with a green gown. <laughs> did the people? Did people? Wait, now, is it, this, this was, is from the 1800s. <clears throat> What was the time period here? Yeah. 1800s? I think, yeah, yeah, 1800s. Okay. The yeah. Year. This is uh, 
a a a woman who's involved with soldiers soldiers coming in at port is said to make a lobster kettle oh, of herself. Oh dear! Now that's that, that now that's salacious. That is quite salacious. That's making me blush right now. <laughs> Melting moments involve uh, involve an overweight man and woman. Oh, okay. I like that. Now that's descriptive. Pully Holly, P U L L Y space H A W L Y. Pully Holly is a game. Uh, so a game at Pully Holly is a series of affairs. So if you're if you're a rogue, you might find yourself playing at Pully Holly. Oh, I would be I would be interested in like the Ooh. further etymology of that one, Pully Holly. Writing St. George. Oh, dear. In the story of St. George and the dragon, the dragon reared up from the length to tower over the saints. So playing at St. George or writing St. George casts the woman as the dragon and puts her on top of St. George, who is the man. I like that one uh, a lot. I'm going to I'm gonna get that one back into the vernacular. But I think it should just be writing George because I think he probably loses his... His saintlyhood, right? I mean, can't be Saint George anymore. It's just got to be Red George. I, I think I think <laughs> saints have engaged in Congress, right? I don't I don't think saints are necessarily chased their whole life. I I don't know. Is that a is that a a tenant of sainthood? I, I no. I think you, you got to. The big thing about. Being a saint is the miracles, I think. Yeah. What was a miracle? He's, he have to have it was a miracle there. he survived copulating with that dragon. <laughs> a stitch. Similar to having a brush, making a stitch is a casual affair. Quick stitch. A tiff. Which is an uncompressed tiff. image file. <laughs> In our in our lexicon, it's uh, an argument or a falling oh, right. out uh -huh. currently. But in the 19th century, it was also a term for eating or drinking between meals. Or in this case, doing another thing between meals. Oh. Isn't it always between? Isn't it always nooner. between meals? <laughs> Is there ever when you're eating and doing it? I... There was, yeah, you, you never saw nine and a half um, weeks. No, I actually didn't. But, but maybe you could describe it on the next cast. We'll do an avocado review. <laughs> For, yes, there's the forward promo. Schaefer's avocado review of nine and a half weeks. But he's only going to speak of it in 18th century uh, euphemisms. All right, folks. Uh, the other. The other thing here, and this is just really more visual than uh, than anything I can put into words, but I do appreciate Ellen Ferguson for introducing my eyes to it. I will put it on the Facebook page so you can do the same. This is a link to an article about the Tokyo Parasite Museum. And let me tell you, they got some very, very weird 
looking parasites in these the strange in this strange strange segment we call the Ferguson files that was uh, it's fantastic how we just keep adding segments i wish somebody could total up this our total segments that we have now that we have working segments it that sounds like a good job could, for Alex <laughs> get at us feedback at one magical hour.com i i need to put out a plea to hunter gatherers and their friends we need some reviews on apple podcasts like we, our oh, our no download numbers are like in such a great direction but we are have a dearth of reviews so if you are enjoying the cast just take a second and i've said it before it can be a one word review it can be sh you could just say five stars shafy that's it and you're done go on with your day but that'll help us in the bizarre world of playing the um the algorithm i'm, I'm playing against the algorithm over here buddy it, we started a we're getting we started getting on mixed. talking about uh, love for daft punk that's more of a that's like phileo brotherly love and then we talked about love for black holes and that's agape that's like otherworldly love and then we got on eros right at the end with our 18th century aphorisms youth aphorisms euphemisms yeah <laughs> and and, and we ended with parasites which is where all of that leads <laughs> love leads to parasites yeah. you heard it here folks it's particularly eros the physical stuff that can have some parasite yeah, problems sure. associated with it uh we should definitely another thing we should do next time around in addition to me uh describing in great detail the plot of nine and a half weeks uh it's been a while since we had any questions from jeff so let's do let's do questions from All jeff right. next time yeah what do I'll you put say it on the show sheet well i would like to remind everybody that we love you dearly and if there's anything that we can do for you let us know Please do. We love each and every single one of you. And remember, the poor of the choice is mine. Hey, those nooses, turning back the clock, regressing back to the dark ages, rubbing sticks and rocks. Hey, those nooses, progress reverse, blue we vote, we'll protest against the alt-right convert.
Grandpa Indian Chief Karma Boomerang Cut you down It's your knees y'all And the pendulum swing 